From the age of the dawn From a dead man. Greetings. Coronavirus is the biggest threat this country has faced for decades. We're seeing the devastating impact of this invisible killer. There will come a moment when no health service in the world could possibly cope because there won't be enough ventilators, enough intensive care beds, enough doctors and nurses. That is the moment of real danger. The new variant is out of control and we need to bring it under control. And this news about the new variant has been a uh, an incredibly difficult end to, frankly, an awful year. And it's important for everybody to act, essentially act like they might have the virus. And that's the way that we can control it together. The way ahead is hard. And it is still true that many lives will sadly be lost. Our advisory group on new and emerging respiratory virus threats, NERVTAG, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You, you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious, assume you might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level five, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further. And I, I must level with you, level with the, the British public. Um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary inf infectivity of this new strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment for sure. I just say I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people. We're looking to move to a different regime, so as we come to the fourth step, we will change the basic tools that we have used to control human behaviour.
after reading that law line. I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. They are, you know, good they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers. Boom. Yes, we're live, Demon King. We're live. Oh, God, camera. It's always something, isn't there? Wait. I'll be with you in a second. Just give me... You see the conditions I have to work under? Boom. All right. Ta-da! All right. Perfect. Um... Welcome, 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 everyone. Uh, it's another Jihad uh, science show. Uh, the show, that, the science that goes where it needs to go, and we go where we want. And today, um, I'm very excited to be. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be a stream where I can just sit back and listen, hopefully. And um, we're going to be covering the thorny topic of racial differences and how they're responding to um, SARS infection and vaccination. So let me do this one. This, do this, and then I'll wait for Christy to come in. Um, hmm, my camera is glitchy with Zoom for some reason. Ah, maybe it'll stabilize uh so uh yeah uh two streams in one day and uh i'm happy with the stream that we did earlier um and you know the we're just gonna have to keep addressing this stuff as it comes up and you know the obvious uh fabrications lies that kui is spitting out um 
deserve a response. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm really well. How are you? Uh, I'm well. Let me just uh, transition screens and get ah. rid of this. And yeah, I don't have to press any more buttons. It's all done. And uh, you're looking fabulous today. Thanks. Feeling better? I am feeling awesome. great. Awesome. <laughs> I, I, I feel a bit. Um, what should we say? A bit uh, less shitty than normal. <laughs> So. Did you get some sleep? I have been sleeping. I've been trying to go to sleep uh same time as the kids. I did sleep this afternoon, so I'm kind of a bit awake now. That's why I don't mind doing this stream. And um, taking antibiotics is helping this thing on my uh, back of my skull. So, um, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to it just getting taken out right now at the moment. Um that squatter. Yeah, god damn it. <laughs> They're in there. I was reading about it. I mean, it's they they don't even really know why they occur. These sort of um epidermoid cysts type things. I think maybe it's injury or something. I mean I've had plenty of head injuries, but um Yeah, it's odd, you know, I've sort of taken an interest in them. I've been watching those videos where they open them up and extract them out they, they i've had to... one extracted from injury yeah you, you have yeah. years ago oh, and okay. the insurance spot covering it because in the u.s if you have uh growth mm. and it's not due to cancer or something pathogenic a lot of the insurance companies won't remove they won't cover the cost of it they'll consider it cosmetic oh shit so i had to fight so I don't know if other people have faced that, but I've also had one of those things removed. Sucked. Mm. Mm. It but it sucked, was back it? in 2003. <laughs> okay. I got that to look I was awake to. for it. I presume they would have to be awake. I mean, it's, I mean, if I could see it, I would just stick some lidocaine in there and whip it out myself. But, um, DIY. It's too, it's too, <laughs> I'll fuck up something. And I don't want to go on about your growth, but they're probably going to, depending on how deep it is, they're going to probably put in like a, a little, um, like a stint, like a, that packing. Uh, a springy, a springy, wiry gauze thingy mm -hmm. to keep it open so it can heal from the inside out. So you don't end up getting like you would with a dental infection, like a socket or dry socket where it'll heal okay. outwards. Okay. And then can drain. Um, That's just my. I mean, it's deep. I mean, it's pressing up on the muscle and the nerve. So, um, anyway, enough about uh, my. Hey, you want to you want to talk about a message I sent last night or not? Uh, the the, the I'm I'm happy to get. We'll into, just wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait, wait on that one. That one's. Uh, we'll just fun. keep it on the down low and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait to uh. <laughs> wait to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, sent over a cease and desist, and we'll just say that. And, mm. and I got a response back that, yeah. So. And the, well, there's also the uh, tranny. I sent the cease and desist to the employer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, people will figure it out. Um, let's see. So I titled this Race-Based Biowarfare, um, Differential Difference. Uh, uh, 
did I call it differences to responses, differential responses to SARS and vaccination. Um, the papers you've been sending to me have looked um, very interesting. I know I've touched on one of them. I've spoken about the briefly, which is, I think it was a paper which says like 20% of the population of the planet is not susceptible to SARS because of this HLA polymorphism. And that it is... probably isn't Europeans. Hmm. So I don't know where you want to. I'm, gonna... I'm not an immunologist or a cancer specialist. I'm biotech, but I had to take, you know, majors in science. But I, I'm just going to read. We're just going to talk about studies just to clarify since some people want that. I, I wanted to, like, I have some stuff in front of me and I didn't know if I should just talk and you interrupt me, but I didn't know if. I should explain what HLA is and human leukocyte yeah, I mean, antigen to people first. Uh, start from the... Oh, like, I'll just no. dive in from my brain and something else. I so um, you screen. can take over the screen whenever you want. And, um, yeah, start with a uh, basic explanation for what um, what we're going to be talking about. And we'll um, push, from, push from there. Yeah, anybody correct? Yeah, please correct me because I know you've got to know more than me. So... When we talk about HLA, there's a difference between M MHC, uh, that's major histocompatibility complex that's seen usually in mammals, but then HLA is human leukocyte antigen, which is in humans, and it's a group of proteins that are found on the surface of cells in the human body. And I hate to like lean on the the little LNP. Yeah, hamster ball. So pretend this isn't a, an LNP, <laughs> yeah. and this is a cell on the body, and mm. then the little black nubbies are the the proteins on the cell. So there's two types of HLA molecules, and these proteins. So these proteins play a critical role in how the immune system distinguishes between self and non-self. And Mike Eden has talked about this as well when he when he said, you know. These are the issues with introducing the RNA mm. into the body. So there's there's two types of HLA molecules, and one is class one and one is class two. And HLA is also found on just a to just sidestep a second on different cells, including white blood cells, which are leukocytes. So they can be found on different cell types. Um, there's HLA class one and two, and class one is presenting pieces of protein, and this is something that you know everybody's talked about a lot with the spike protein and other things within the cell to be seen by the human body by the cytotoxic T cells and CD8. So this helps the immune system recognize and eliminate infected and abnormal cells, and that's CD8 and T cells that are coming in. And then there is what's called HLA class two. These are usually specialized. They're found on specialized immune cells, such as what are called antigen presenting cells, which are also known as APCs, like dendritic cells and macrophages and B cells. And these are pre pieces of protein that are still just on the outside of the cells. And then these help with the interactions of the immune response. And again, for the body to distinguish what's bacteria, what's viruses, what's itself. And then the study, how this relates to the study that 
I sent you regarding the differences in these types of cell markers of antigens by race, which, which everyone's afraid to talk about, mm. there are what are called HLA alleles. And these, uh, they're highly polymorphic. So there, there are a variety of different genetic variants when it comes to the HLA alleles, and they vary from parent to parent, and there's a whole bunch of genetic diversity. But as a study shows that I sent you, uh, it seems to be there are specific HLAs that are more present by a gargantuan amount in certain races compared to others. And then again, these are really central to the immune response. And when the body encounters a foreign substance, these antigen presenting cells will process and display pieces of the substance on the the molecule where the cytotoxic C T cells will recognize the antigens presented by HLA class one and eliminate them directly. And then you have the helper T cells, the CD4, the CD8. And then these interactions can create uh, what's called immunological memory. And that actually happens in women more than it happens with men. I could send you that study too. There's a bunch of them where it can become more long-term and then translate over to immune disease. But I thought um, it was super interesting about the study that I sent you so really sit down um, by population. We're, I'm looking at uh, high resolution HLA allele and haplotype frequencies in several unrelated populations determined by next gen sequencing. 17th International HLA and Immunogenetics Workshop Joint Report. Um, so this would be a standout publications uh, um, where the field would go next. This was published in the year. Oh, 2022. So um, very recently. Uh, should I bring the paper down or? Yeah, that'd be awesome. So I'll share screen. So and then I'm also going to talk about myocarditis in this. Oh, cool. I've, I've got a, got my screens open too, but. All right. Yeah, so I, I didn't know if you want to dive in and talk about stuff, and I've got stuff set to talk about what they're saying here. Okay, I mean, the first question I would ask is, so I didn't read this paper. I've read the one about um, SARS-CoV-2 susceptibility and um, that was vague in who the distribution of that haplogroup it just the figure was 20 percent just SARS is not a problem and if I remember correctly um, maybe I maybe I didn't pay enough attention but it didn't leap out to me that they'd done a sort of geographic um, distribution in that paper so, I don't think they did. So this is a separate paper, and I think that this really ties into additional concerns regarding different ethnic groups experiencing different yeah. immune events, myocarditis, and uh, the adverse events and reactions that we're seeing. Yeah. So this this looks this uh, study looked at this is over four thousand individuals. 
from 12 different countries with large data sets. Uh, they looked at Western Asia and they looked at the haplotype frequencies. Mm -hmm. And they just, identified some sequences. Just for the record again, um, people. Um, We're reading a study. <laughs> and biological race is real. I'm, I'm sorry to pop your bubble. There will be blurring at the edges and you can make mutts and mongrels, etc. But there are distinct haplogroups which define populations related to discrete geographical areas. Um, this is basic um, genetics, molecular biology. Um, there's a reason why people look different. <laughs> um, vive la difference, I say. Uh, but is there a... Like some populations that can't handle their liquor versus some that can. It's well established that indigenous or Native Americans, Ojibwe, Cherokee, uh, have the ability to... It's not, it's not a hasty generalization. It's not logically flicious to say they can pound the alcohol. And the reason they can drink and drink and drink and drink is because their metabolism, their cytochrome P450 complex, their liver is able to metabolize alcohol quickly. So it's not the, you know, where I have the opposite effect where there's some populations like those in Asia who can't and get sick as a dog mm -hmm. and can't yeah, drink Yeah, I've seen that quite all. regularly here in Japan. They'll drink like a, a few sips and they flush red and... That's uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> somehow I got that. Somehow that landed. In. Um, Sucky. I love. Mm. Yeah, I love wine, but I can't. Mm. So, and that has to do with genetic variation, but that is also tied to race. Look, it's it's understood with just basic pharmacology. There are some racial differences with respect to um, metabolizing of drugs. Um, you prescribe. We've said that in studies too, right, Kev? Sorry, we've seen that in studies where uh, African Americans have reacted differently to yeah, certain yeah, yeah. drugs compared, yeah. and then the studies weren't done properly mm. on the safety studies or the the adverse events to know what was going to happen if uh, someone of a different ethnic background, a different race, took the drug. Mm. Yeah, and um, yeah, this is you know, in, on one hand, they want to tell you uh, it's uh, race is a construct. Um, but then on the other, you'll, you'll hear them whittling that there's, uh, um, medicine is, uh, <laughs> racist because it's not taken into account these, um, you know, what would be obvious, um, differences that you should be, you should be checking for. And yeah, it's, to, to me, it's just basic biology and, um, you know, the, coming from the old world. Know, there's discrete countries and what have you and um we kind of get this it's a different ball game i think for the or particularly the north american continent but yeah it, it's still pretty, how come i can still hear goddamn telegram didn't i just close that go away quit telegram Thank you. sorry I, I, I didn't hear it. I, yeah, but people listening can. They'll be. Oh. 
they'll be thinking their telegrams going off. Um, and it's just rude if you're streaming to have your alerts going, etc. Um, so is there a sort of knockdown figure that we can take from this with respect to? So I guess this yeah. is their sample regions, right? Yeah. Okay. Still missing a lot. But what do you know? The Earth is flat. Look at that. Who knew you'd find such a such a devastating piece of data in a, a genomics paper? The Earth is flat. Look, look at that. Um, all right, let's skip the tables. Tables. Let's go down. So, so it actually was that there's a table, and then I calculated some frequency. Oh, okay. Uh, where I did comparisons that uh, will get a bit dicey, but all I did was plug in math for European versus African American and European versus Asian. That's all I did. And then I, I have a different screen up, but it's not a study. It's just some notes I have on which which allele refers to which disease and immune process, because that's going to get interesting when it comes to adverse events. So um, is this the table we should be looking at maximum? There's a... No, there's a different one that shows the physical numbers. I think it was above where they looked at the number of people. Where is it? Because they had, there it is right there. So HLA, A, C, B. I just want to describe what those are across the top because, yeah. you know, what the heck are those? Um, HLA, if we'd be looking at... Uh, I don't know if we, so there's the HLA-1 and HLA-2. And this study looked at what percentage or what number of the samples had those specific alleles for that human leukocyte antigen, which is involved in very specific immune processes, mm -hmm. such as uh, the development of multiple sclerosis or lupus mm -hmm. so like so the hlaa in european american states that you know 4846 had that particular allele against you know if you scroll you know 788 african american but if then if, if you scroll down in that chart to asian american is that is asian american hanging out anywhere so US I mean, Asian, yeah. 48. Mm. And it, it, those look in the 40s for the, the Asian American versus, you know, the Hispanics are in the 100s across the board. So I did a, so just to, to break this down. It's I, interesting I, that Japanese are so two, different. <laughs> two. Yeah. So that, that specific allele for that human leukocyte antigen that would be involved in that immune process, that specific reaction that the body would have to that immune process uh, of the genetic variation, you know, it's, it's so highly, that specific HLA allele is, um, I think across the board, when I did the the calculation, the if you just do percentage or frequency, um, European descent is between eighty and eighty five percent, meaning that the the eighty to eighty five percent 
of these HLA alleles are present in Gear Europeans yeah. and almost, you know, barely non-existent. It's just, it's just so rare that they are presenting in, you know what it said, with Asian Americans or people from Japan, mm. Mexico, it's like Mexican 208. Okay. So yeah. these are actually disease-specific variations. So it puts somebody at, at increased risk when the immune system responds to an antigen. Okay. So, so like, please interrupt, but I was going to describe what each one of these are. Sure. And so it puts people at it, immune uh, myocarditis as uh, an inflammatory condition of the heart. And if you had uh, an antigen, well, actually, that was... before you um, barrel into this. I just sure. want to give a little reminder of um, one of the last streams I was looking at where we were looking at human endogenous retroviruses. And we came across a little data point which the distribution of those, um, well, it's not genetic baggage, right? Um, but who knows what they really are. But they're there and there are racial differences as well in the distribution of human endogenous retroviruses and we were or it was stated that multiple sclerosis seems to be linked to caucasoid herb distributions which is kind of interesting to me um that it would be so so specific that ms is so specific in humans or in in white yeah White people. Yeah. <laughs> Need to have a word with the... Being white uh, supremacists. Yeah. <laughs> Celestial Design Committee. Oi, what's going on there? You sure, you, you sure changed Celestial this? Design. You know, even, even with that, though, there's still, like, there's still heterogeneity within the population. So just because you have this allele and its association with disease risk, uh, there's just some people that may not develop the disease. I know uh, women have a stronger immune response, mm. primarily because of estrogen, and that changes with age. If they you know, after menopause, like mm -hmm. once I once I slide into that, my risk that'll go down for immune response. But that ties into play, and then women just have a stronger, more robust immune response. So it's going to make things like this. Man increased. thing. I can't identify as man, but I wish I could to identify the heck no, of that. Could, like man flu sucks. Women or just a raccoon. Sh shakes it off. And uh, <laughs> raccoons. Uh, well, if I'm any example of that, um, I'm constantly feeling shitty. I have man flu every day. Um, so, all right, let's get into... Uh... And there is a what's called polygenic nature, right? Like there's, uh, which will also come into play with that mutation study that I sent you, which has that computational model that is estimating and is doing a damn good job of how many mutations it takes to get to each cancer type and organ type. But there, you know, there's different genes involved in interaction of genes and environmental... Mm factors so i mean just looking at this and saying that this is exactly what it's going to be is a super oversimplification mm -mm. yeah um... but it is population specific for the risk of 
disease-specific variations, and these are disease-specific variations, and they do vary by by population. So, uh, so I just wanted to roll through my list. I I just have it on notes. I'm sorry, it's not a study, but uh, there's what's called HLA B27 and ankylosing spondylitis. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that is a common of people with European descent, and it's strongly associated uh, with inflammatory arthritis and inflammation of the spine. What you were talking about, multiple sclerosis, that's HLA-DR2. That is present in uh, almost 85% of Caucasians, where it's almost non-existent in people who are from Asia. And I don't see that one listed here. HLA uh, DRB one DR two. I'll have to send you that in the other paper. I mean, I have I, it I, just I'm... on some notes. I'm sorry. It's all right. It, it's uh, um, it's impossible for all papers to be all things, and so yeah. if it's not in this particular paper, this is why you have to have a broad. Um, a broad reading as possible, um, but okay. Um, Lupus is HLA-DR15. Is HLA-DR15 listed? I can send that one over too. Not yeah, Lu that. Lupus is the HLA-15, and then there's the rheumatoid arthritis, but they're they're just not existent in in uh. African-American. So if you get hit with uh, an antigen or spike protein or something that's in uh, an injection or that's entering your body in any way, and then you've got an allele as a European-American, that's going to give you uh, an increased risk for disease process and stronger immune response. You're kind of in trouble compared to people who don't. Mm. Well, you know, I had a um, my uh, tax evader that sent it to me. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. Like HLA B eight. Uh, that's eighty five percent, nearly eighty five percent of Europeans. That's Graves and Hashimoto's, and we've been seeing reported in literature and in studies after vaccination. I can shoot them right over or post them somewhere that uh, people have had adverse events regarding graves, the formation of graves and Hashimoto's that wasn't there. So this, this Neanderthals paper, love it. Yeah. So this paper from 2020, right? So the major genetic risk factor for severe COVID-19 is inherited from Neanderthals. Look, man, I, I, I'm not in any position to be able to refute these papers. I have to, th this is just a, um, two scientists reading reading this stuff and just saying, well, that's interesting. We're looking for patterns in data, etc. Um, like you said, white people, HLA-DR7 is multiple sclerosis and uh, myasthenia gravis. Mm. And that's just not present in people of Asian descent. It's barely there. Where in us, it's, like you said, it's, thanks a lot, creator. Yeah, <laughs> cheers for that one. But it's uh, you know, this is where you get into this action, you know, the niche construction of the organism over time, and you know, 
there's a re- there's usually some gain somewhere else that you've managed to leverage such that at a population level the risk of having the ms type allele is offset right this and a lot of that's to do with environment that you're in so like we don't have sickle cell anemia right 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 and instant frequency like uh is it uh like africa does and you know that's uh I don't know this. This is just what I, I've been told. For, I don't know if it's a trope or not, but they're, they're, that makes them less susceptible to the um, malaria parasite. Right. right? Because right. It, it's unable to complete its life cycle in right. those um, mis- misshapen blood cells. Um, so this question in the chat. Do Asian people get MS at lower rates? Yes. 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 And I yeah. want I want to say, um, now again. If anyone wants, sorry, I was going to like name the alleles again. HLA-DR7, if anyone wants to look that up, that's one of the alleles for multiple sclerosis for MS and for MG. Um, there was another one that, uh, so Graves disease and MS and myasthenia, myasthenia, myasthenia gravis. gravis is also HLA-B8. And then there was another one I named before that was for MS. So there's three of them that come into play. Mm, and they're co-localizing with European. Europoid, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I could tell you which ones for the for Asia. Sure. Oh, so they get to, they get autoimmune of the eyes, mouth, and skin. HLA B five two zero one. Then HLA-B5101, uh, they, the, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Begets disease, B-E-H-G-E-T-S. Never heard of it. And then they can also get epidermal necrolysis, T-E-N, and severe life-threatening skin re- reactions, HLA-B1502. It's more prevalent in that yeah, my, population my from Asia. Missus and has, narcolepsy. My missus has a pemphigoid-type condition. I mean, I don't know how much that's related, but, um, uh-huh. you know, the, well, I, I think the trigger was, um, herpes zoster, Sorry. right. And just a virus, right. Uh, that, that was, and they just wouldn't, the, the, the doctor she was seeing just wouldn't treat it. I was just giving her creams and, you know, just, they have a medicine here called, um, Kempo something like that but it's it's all sort of um i don't know it, it's not homeopathic but it's um where they're taking um herbs and flowers and shit from that they think are medicinal and that's part of their usual medical treatments that you'll go to the doctor here in japan so you get flowers you, yeah you get like these little packets of sort of powders that they'll make and do I really notice anything with them? Not so much, but Japanese swear by it. And um, he was treating her like that, and it just kept coming back. It kept coming back, and then boom, this um, pemphigoid reaction started. And guy, it was horrendous. The first 
year or so that she got it and um yeah again thank god for modern pharmaceuticals because those types of um conditions pemphicoid uh that that was a death sentence before uh corticosteroids and now you know it's just uh she feels it coming on and i mean she can't take corticosteroids for very long but um she says her teeth start to feel like they're falling out but um yeah it's one of those one of those things it's, it's a pathology that i've seen i'll have to this is anecdotal but i want to say most of the necrotic reactions that I've seen to SARS, I want to say I've been Asian. Right? Where, for the skin, for the yeah. chronic infection of the skin. So that yeah. would be that, uh, whatever HLA that I named. Whereas the other ones, like MS and MG, uh, African Americans have an 83% less prevalence compared to European descent and Asian Americans have a 99 greater than 99% less chance prevalence of developing MS and MG, lupus, other autoimmune diseases. The one that, uh, so the skin was, so the systemic sclerosis, scleroderma, so that was HLA-DRB1, and then the lupus, but what was the other one, the toxic epidermal Necrolysis, mm. that's HLA-B15-02. And, you and know, I, I don't think they've ever done uh, genomic typing for my wife. It's just a case of, ah, this is how you treat we it. We know people. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Make a call, man. Ah, this is, um, it just, you, you have to work with what you've got right and yeah. you know they they she had a rough time with them just trying to classify it and it wasn't a classic hemphagoid vulgaris condition but it was still all body everywhere and ah oh, sounds terrible yeah it's rough and painful right yeah 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 she must have exhausted her I can't yeah. even imagine. And then just like wearing clothes or anything must have just been oh, dreadful. Yeah. yeah Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And Vitae does HLA testing. That's not twenty not to be confused with a twenty three and me. That's a private company that does medical testing and they'll do Oh, I'm sure they're still selling off the, <laughs> the data. To <laughs> Pfizer. Yeah. They'll say, Ah, oh, we've anonymized it. Um <laughs> Just Europoid, send it off. Oh, God. Be worth money to them. So, um. So, this can we safely say that because these alleles are more present when presented with an antigen on certain cells, that people of European descent would be higher risk of developing complications and landing ms graves hashimotos lupus other autoimmune disorders and including myocarditis at a higher rate than 
other populations by qu quite a bit. It's, it's between yeah. 80 and 85 percent. Well, I have to, again, this is anecdotal, but um, I And then when you tie it, that into the other thing that you presented, you know, that's, uh, you're adding gasoline to the fire. The Neanderthal? Or the, no, the, the other uh, one. Human endogenous retroviruses. Yeah. And then there was one that came out that I send or you had found regarding tests they had done on COVID-19 or the spike. And there were certain populations that were, I forgot what that was. Was that for the heart tissue? For the oh, haploid, I forgot. that was the one you found. That was um, the myeloid cells. Myeloid uh, cells, yeah. yeah, and which essentially just immune um, progenitor cells, and the um, the conclusion from that was that that yes, again, there was this um, difference between racial groups, and Asian were less susceptible than. Well, in this case, the the other two groups, if I remember correctly, were European, Europoid, yeah. and I want to say African. I think yep. French. That's study. usually the three that are studied as European, African, Asian. And um, the this is this is important because when you when you're thinking about race specificity as something to leverage via weaponization. Um, these these are avenues that you could pursue if you if you had the I mean there's multiple um, factors that you would have to be taking into account, but um, it's not something that's not amenable to study. There would be an awful amount of compute time required to think about docking and downstream consequences as you were trying to you have to look at environmental factors lifestyle factors mm -hmm. comorbidities yes, yes. All, all, all of those um count. other genetic factors mm. but um, it's it's interesting that uh I, I don't know if you want to bring up ethical skeptic and I can hunt for the link really quickly. Like he did a by state analysis of adverse events, severe adverse events in the United States. So all 50 states. And he found that five states, including the one that I lived in, that I live in, bounced out of the trend line by over 20 percent higher severe adverse events compared to all other states by by population. Uh, Wisconsin was one. uh I think Michigan. I, I, I remember like, it. But... It was a band, and people were trying to say it was cold chain, and that's not true because I've managed cold chain, and you know I've tracked, we've tracked with internal thermometers and checking temperatures inside boxes that are frozen down to eighty minus eighty, and since Pfizer and Moderna are located both in Wisconsin, it would make no sense that unless somebody at the hospital, an employee, messed up and did not keep it in the proper storage, but that uh, Wisconsin also got. I think one of the death batches too, but then when you look by race by state, when you do that analysis, uh, there's a pattern there. Yes, um, I, I'm. I certainly don't discount this my batch 
issue, the heart batch issue. I mean, I've got sort of provisional data of there being phosphorus not being present in. I watched Isaac. your video of that. Mm. So it was your lab partner. Who was your lab partner? Uh, Remo. Yeah. So uh, I haven't spoke to her in a while. Should uh, I've been waiting on the results of the. Um, the sampling from these cold chained uh, vaccine samples. So hopefully that will come through. And again, you know, if, uh, people go watch the stream earlier that we did. And, you know, again, people owe um, Charles, again, many people, you know, just getting the samples, keeping them in cold chain, getting them uh, organized. I mean, it was Kevin McKernan who's really sort of opened that avenue to. Um, Philip getting involved in this and you know there were there were people sort of kvetching in my discord that Philip wasn't harsh enough about the uh, the vaccines compared to who was that Jancy say it again Jancy J-A-N-C-I yeah Jancy Dr. Jancy I don't remember last name it was from Jancy and you know, I would I would just say this to people: Look, um, people are going to have different professional outlooks and analysis of these phenomena. Um, Philip was in no way supportive of there being DNA contamination in those right. vials. Um, he he said that there's a lot of there's potential. For there to be problems, which in in reality, until we've it's Dr. Jancy Lindsay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just want to say it's yeah. Dr. Jancy Lindsay, and that's posted on YouTube as well. Her testimony. Yeah, it was, it was weird because yeah, I mean, Dr. she came up in the Dr. Discord. Philip is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, she just came up in the Discord, and literally, as I was sort of bouncing between sort of chats with people, and I was thinking, oh, I need to watch that one. And you've dropped and I it, sent in. it to yeah. You. I was like, "Oh, nice." Um, We're on the same brainwave, Kev. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Celestial Design Committee. That one was appreciated. So, but yes, it, two very um, juxtaposed opinions being given to um, state legislature, and the state legislature—they're not scientists, or maybe they are. I don't know, but they're—they're um, they're there with a different role to try to figure out policy of what's best for their uh, community, uh, vote, body, I don't know, whatever, the, the population of the state. Is it South Carolina? Um, yeah. Whatever the legal term is for the uh, citizens of South Carolina. Um, constituents. Constituents, yes. That's the word I was looking for. Um, and the... Um, it's important to have a range of opinions, right? Um, look, the, the issue we've had over the last few years is that you were forced fed one opinion, right? And that's a failure of the system. And in reality, what should happen is that... Um, there should be this dialogue between people. There are going to be people who just are 
ideologically opposed to the technology to begin with. And there are going to be those that go to the other end of the spectrum and some that sort of plot around the middle. And, you know, these, I'm, I'm not convinced it's a, it's certainly not something for mass uh, public health use. Does it have a role in medicine? Yeah, I would imagine so. But again, it, it, that sort of falls into uh, your speciality, right? Which was, uh, you have a... Uh, Designed many projects over and over again, and the same ones where you, you would see differences in outcomes, even when making a protein in the cell in the lab. And that also is where an issue comes in, where people who are at university and... Wow, I'm treading, how do I say this? If you only make one thing or two things one time, you're not going to be able to see what happens if you do it repeatedly because there is uh, like just like Amino Gangsta, which you'd show up in the chat more. Like him and I have had some talks when I was on Twitter. When you do a project more than once, you're going to see differences and you need to see those to in order to see where there's issues where you might not see an issue at all and think it's okay but you haven't repeated this project, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But where some universities are really cranking out stuff over and over again. So that was one thing in biotech that I was able to see because I was working with such a diverse, not to be confused with post-modernity, such a diverse amount of projects that were coming in and doing stuff over and over, but it was highly purified, really small batches. The batches were the sampled. process one batch. Yeah, it was just clean. Cleaner. I mean, you know, there is this, um, there is a grounds for what is that? Is Jay? It's like they've gone round for narrative control to actors, um, influencers, etc., and basically said, "Oh, we need, we need." Um, your support in this, we need the public messaging, this is deadly serious. Um, we'll make sure you get the real clean, um, well taken care of um, samples, I guess, product. Um, but we got, you know, we can't do that for everyone. Um, we think the other, the other process works, um, but we're prepared to take the Oh, so the set aside samples, do you think, was uh, IVT enzymes? Um, Not I'm, the plasmid-derived? I would right, think that'd right. be the only way, yeah. Yeah, so but, where they haven't used uh, the plasmid approach, where they basically are constructing the um, genetic material base by base, is how I sort of understand it. And this... <sighs> Yeah, I can see that happening. We know that happened in Australia with Pfizer employees, right? Right. They and... got the FOIA. And that was last year, so that was really shocking that they just got kind of breaking news when mm. Jicky was blasting that out there. Yeah. Um, early last year, right? That was I feel like that was early. God, was like back. mid-2022. It was like May of 2022 mm. when he shot those Agilent files out there Yeah. for the the peaks in the RNA where you could see the other pieces of RNA that didn't belong in the batch mm. that were frag. So it was a fragmentation file where it showed, you know, a different height that that RNA was supposed to be at. And then you saw 
a few off to the left that were Mm-mm. proof of the pieces. I feel like that was the same time when they released the the what you just said, the employees that got the special batches, the 10-year-olds that died in the same month off the same batch, and they kept jabbing in May of 2022, that FOIA. So I feel like May was a huge month, and that's when one of Jiggy's accounts got shut down, right? Because yeah. like, they were throwing out massive data, and then there was the... Oh, I don't want to misspeak here. It was in Australia. I don't know if the document still exists where they said they were going to extend the shelf life and that they would be doing that in certain care facilities Yeah, to yeah, put it on the shelf for a longer I, time, right? I remember that, yeah. For so like months. Fucking assholes, right? Of like long-term like disability or like elderly care facilities. Yeah. God damn it, man. Son of a that, bitch. Yeah, I, like I say, I, I, I say virtually every stream, I, if you'd said to me this would happen, prior to the pandemic i would have i would have said well yeah maybe you might get a little localized something but the mechanisms would kick in that would um catch that it would be picked up very quickly and you know a stream of publications come from it there'd be a, a re um recalibration etc and um they would you know, things things would have been contained whereas you know we're we're now at this point where oh we now know that this was essentially a military run operation um to the point where in fact they were the um well i want to say that they were responsible for the manufacture and they basically just convinced um the, the pharmaceutical companies to put labels on it that's that's basically what we we were subject to and you know, I don't know how much was the those companies coming forward with their technology and saying we can do this, and how much interplay was there. But for sure, for sure, this was a, a military operation, and this was something Doc Keck um, found out as he tried to engage them on a legal level, and we started to get this inkling of medical countermeasures being subject to different um laws and not laws statutes where well it was it was about your right to uh, informed consent and autonomy but this didn't apply in this instance with again they they got all these pieces into place where like i say normal protective mechanisms were just subsumed by these um acts prep act and that's because they had that they knew no matter what it was going through right like um try not to say his name you know yeden is well, I'll say Eden's name, like uh, someone reviewed his video talking about processes not being followed. And it was just on a really long interview. It was the first one I did with a gentleman by the name of Sonny. And it's the Open Forum podcast. If you look for me on YouTube uh, and something about our LNP, the hidden danger of like RNA. And I, I, that was the first time I would use props and pipe cleaners and little fuzzy things. But I went over each step of each process and I described what was happening and the amount of time it would take 
to complete. Did you and I talk about that where there was no way that it was completed properly? Mm. Like if you, so like if you had the genes, if you had this gene sequence for the spike protein and you want to, crops okay? Yeah, knock yourself out. <laughs> I have my prop. You'll take my vape from my cold dead paws. Minty, minty fresh vape. Yeah, uh, it's called extreme ice. It's like uh, sounds savage. Yeah, it's like crack cocaine. I bet it is. Hits your brain in eight seconds, crosses the blood-brain barrier. But the beauty is you don't get the tar or any of the other right, shit. You just right. get nicotine salts, and then what else is in it? I forget. There's what's that um, chemical? Pro present? Propylene glycol, whatever. There's something else that helps it absorb faster, and I forget which it is. Glycerine. Or a carb or something. So, all right. So, I don't know. Got... It seems cleaner than Siggy's. So, um... probably as you're not coughing as much. Mm. You're not coughing like you would because of the tar buildup mm. and the stuff in the lungs. Mm. So, there's your plasmid. There's the gene sequence for the, you know, the Codes the RNA to the protein, and then I just put a little thing on there for the. There's the SV promoter. There's your little antibiotic resistance gene. It's not really at scale. So, and then Wait. here. It's not at scale. How dare you? Because <laughs> I'm. Some. Uh, never mind. I was going to make a woke comment. So there's the. There's your RNA. And then. Uh, my little box of fun. There's your your spike protein. Ugh. So, all right. So when they when they had the spike protein, so if you look at the dates of when things were approved and when they said they were moving on stuff, I thought it was in March mm. that things were. They said, okay, we're doing this, and the emergency order was approved of of March of 2021, and then it was May of 2020, May of 2021, two two months later when they started human trial. Even though they had gotten the gene sequence, I think they said, like Moderna or Pfizer had their hands on the gene sequence in January of 2021. Yeah, like mid-January, so right? It was like beamed over from... Yeah. That, so they, that, that all links in with uh, Batbomedi and... Yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to like, this is like really fast just to go over this stuff, but, you know, they, they've got a gene sequence. So the first thing they've got to do is flank it into a plasmid that's a... A, sh a shuttle vector mm. and you know that's usually done over in, in asia and then that's either at let's just say the company's dna 2.0 or uh gene whiz they have a difference in cost for the base pairs that they charge for but that you know they'll make a, a bunch of this for you and send it back to the u.s because you know they're usually the masters at doing that so that that's that's the company i used so they send it back um Sends the material back to transfectin cells because the first thing that they would have wanted to do and should have done that is a protocol in biotech is to test the, the RNA inside the lipid nanoparticle going into Cho, Chinese hamster ovary, or heck, human embryonic kidney cells. So you'd take that piece of RNA and you'd load it into a lipid nanoparticle and then you'd put it in a bunch of cells and you would then extract it from the cells either it'll kick it out or you've got to break the cells so then you've got a whole bunch of cell matter like you probably have like some of the spike protein this isn't the spike but you've got spike protein hanging out in cells you've got mitochondria you've got other organelles so you have all this stuff after you've grown 
recombinantly the the tr you transfected the cells and you've grown the spike protein in them and you've got to separate all the shit so you purify it using columns you have hplc you have what's called ion exchange you have size exclusion chromatography which is sec so you'll take all the contents of a cell and say like i don't know like there's your contents of a cell and you pour it into this column that looks like this big tube and it'll either grab onto certain things so you can separate and you can isolate the protein out and to do all that is 10 to 12 weeks and that's just to identify the protein and then when we talked about the graphene oxide that was used and then they used cryom for uh getting the three-dimensional imaging mm -hmm. of it you know you've got that involved in qa so you're probably looking at 12 weeks so that's two and a half months right there alone and so then the next step that you would do would be what's called in-animal antibody discovery. That's done in one place is Freiburg, Germany, which is a, a place that was a sister company that I worked for, where they would take the naked RNA and they'd shoot that into animals. And then they would look at which antibodies were made in the animals in response to having the RNA in their body. This is not animal testing yet. This is just in-animal antibody discovery. So that takes weeks. And then that, so that's not typically done in the U.S. because of laws and animal laws. And it's easier and cheaper to do. And Germany is a big, big uh, area to do wow. the antibody discovery. So then they ship supernatant back. So then they check, they send the rat stuff or llamas used. And then you've got to purify it in those columns again, where you're you're sending the blood and the stuff from the the animal through the column to separate again and to isolate the antibodies and then to, to look at that. And then after that, you have animal trials that go on for weeks. And then after that, you have human trials. So there's no way in fucking hell as Eden and JC, you know, there, there's no way, there's no way, there's no way processes were followed properly unless they did them all uh, in parallel because they knew. Or, or they were wrapped before. Yes. Yeah. There's no way they did it in sequenced in the the way that is protocol for CGMP or research. There's no way. Yeah. Um it's all very sketchy. <laughs> and um you know the... They knew they were gonna just submit data. They they knew that it was gonna be accepted no matter what, right? See, I I want to, I want to know what what networks and how were the orders given if you're looking at this being they understood it could be weaponized who who had that knowledge and who was able to line those procedures up and um have all this have all these steps missed and also have all the legal stuff in place such that when people like uh, anthony stand in front of a judge and they say well you're your your sovereign rights aren't applicable um, under these uh, under these conditions. The medical countermeasure, military medical countermeasure. Um, someone knew that. I, I I can't I can't think that that just randomly emerged in these complex systems. I, I, it's very difficult for me to bite right. onto that because uh, well you. You've spent time in labs, and so I've been, I've been known as what's called the carpet dweller and a, a lab rat. 
So, so I've occupied both space where I'm managing projects, but I'm also hopping back and I'm, I'm, I'm pipetting. You know, we had fill days. I almost said the drug specifically, like, like we had hand fill days where we had to fill like 5,000 vials in a week. And, but otherwise we just look, you know, I would go back and look at what's happening with, you know, some of the cells, baclovirus, whatever we're working with. But uh, each scientist at each bench is part of a project, which is called the they're documenting and it all goes into what's called the master batch record. So like you said, every step of the way, someone is verifying what's happening and they are documenting that on either digitally or a piece of paper and it's going into the project Bible. Mm. So, so they're not just doing shit. So someone either had to direct somebody or someone was snuck. Yeah, something happened. I'm just, I'm just going to read this out. So, because this is true, the Mossad went rogue with Stuxnet virus, so it got found out and picked up by, assuming that's virus software. They stole NSA code and screwed it up. It sounds very similar to what we're dealing with. Maybe, maybe I don't know. That that there are, like I say, there's primary suspects right now, and the point is you've got to bring the conversation into the point that there are these suspects that you need to be looking at, and you need to have um, the wherewithal to be. Um, you can't get choked because you think you're going to offend someone by saying that group could be responsible, and multiple groups right now. Who could be responsible for what happened and you know I, I, again this came up this morning with charles where we've it, it's not like the work all these people that you're listening to people tuning in you're watching and people who speak publicly um you know across twitter all these networks etc there's a public side there's i know there's a lot of people in the background who are doing stuff it's gone through right to the top of what you would consider our available means of redress and they've turned around and said we can't we're hitting these stops because McKernan of... addressed it at the the verb back right Kevin McKernan gave his presentation on the plasmid contamination to the CDC publicly and they didn't do shit Oh yeah, yeah, like the five-minute. Um, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah, he blasted through those slides. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was a sweet moment, though. <laughs> the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, Charles says it's always possible that Israel took a U.S. project and built off of it for SARS-CoV-2, but it could also be the U.S. doing the same with Chinese viruses. Yeah, and like I say, it's such a. And this is the problem with this type of um, weaponry. It's the ambiguity that's inherently built into it. And so the appropriate response in my mind is, is that it, it has to be enforceably shut down. And that doesn't mean QR stamping and passport coding every human being alive. We know pretty much the organizations and networks and we've got enough evidence to turn around and say it's not just labs in what would be the jurisdiction of the country we know that they'll go out to different countries like ukraine or um what was the other country georgia who knows what those labs in africa are doing um when they're not spitting out uh ebola when uh 
Gary and uh, who was the other one? Forgotten his last name now. The, the the Scandinavian dude. Um, the we know that the, there are these networks out there. Wrap them up, wrap them up, and make it so that bureaucratically it's impossible to be doing this this type of work. I, 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 it seems an easy step to take, and I can't see. Um, I think most countries and most populaces would be would find that a, a policy to support, right? And you know, this is why it's so disturbing that when Russia has literally brought allegations of these crimes to the UN. Where the other members of the UN, which basically are just Five Eyes nations, have just brushed it off. And to me, that's just more indicators of their guilt or at least they're complicit in what's what's happened. They know what's happened. Speaking of what's happened, do you want to bring up that, that uh, cancer computational model? That's the multi-hit model on how many mutations does it take to get to which cancer? Uh, not not the cheeriest of stuff, but considering there's been two this paper very qualified and credentialed, yeah, mm. yeah. So can I just give a quick layman's hit? Yeah, before we we take a look. Yeah. So it's actually uh, I don't want to say who tipped me off to this, but someone tipped me off to this, but I'm just trying to hold competences and conversations sometimes. Mm. So so we had two people in genomics testify for South Carolina, and then there's McKernan as well, um, on the DNA plasma contamination. Uh, you know, get the SV40 promoter, but the oncogenic capability of pieces of DNA in the human body, the SV40 promoter, you know, one of them and I were talking that you don't need the nuclear localization signal even to get it in there, but that's just the extra added piece of filth that landed on there that didn't, yeah, need to be on a, well, the, on it. The but, spike protein gene has a nuclear localization signal. Yeah. Is, so you, that there are multiple um, pathways in here that <sighs> from mutations, and then you've got the recent one that was just like buried was the impurities and the positively charged cationic ionizable lipids that have the electrophilic property of being able to do what's called electrophilic attack on any nucleic acid, whether RNA, DNA, or protein, and form a covalent bond with it, therefore either rendering it non-coding, inactive, making it aggregate or driving cancer. So then so then what do we have then three, four things all coming into play. So yeah, so this paper talks about the multi-hit theory of cancer and that cancer is not caused by a single genetic mutation, but rather a series of what are called genetic hits or alterations that accumulate and some can accumulate over time. They can occur in specific genes and then that would drive uncontrolled and erratic cell growth and the formation of a tumor. And it starts with 
what's called initiation and the first step in the mutation of, and again, I'm not a cancer specialist. I'm just reading some other things on my screen. Uh, it's caused by a mutation in a critical gene, uh, exposure to a carcinogenic or a mutation or whatever it is would, would be called an initiating event. So the plasmids entering the cell of a human body would be what is called initiating, and that is the initiating event. Then you have what's called promotion. The cell needs to go through genetic changes to develop full-blown cancer. So there's other mutations that are acquired during this stage. Chronic inflammation, hormone can drive it, hormones and uh, other genetic mutations. And then in, in the progression stage, that's when it evolves. And you've got, uh, of course, BRCA mutations, BRCA, P53, cross KRAS mutation, EGFR mutation, HER2 mutation, and the BRAF mutation. And the BRAF mutation is found in melanoma, colorectal thyroid cancer. The HER2 mutation is the human epidermal growth factor 2 mutation with breast and ovarian cancer. This should sound familiar with the ethical skeptic has been reporting on. For anybody's on Twitter, he's mm -hmm. been reporting on the a slight decrease in cancer. But uh, just to pin that for a second, I confirmed with, uh, again, people I'm not going to mention who are cancer and genomic specialists. I asked the question, okay, we're seeing a burst right now of cancer. That happened because the stars aligned in certain people and the plasmids probably landed in certain areas of the human body. And maybe they had a mutation already and already had one of these mutational hits that we're going to talk about here. But then what about the people that it landed in where it was just a few cells? And then it's going to progress over time. And I asked, are we going to see in three to five years another burst of cancer? And I was told yes, mm. because it's going to be the daughter cells going. So we haven't even seen like the worst yet. I mean, the BRCA, of course, is the breast and ovarian cancer. And then the T53 is breast colorectal and lung. Cross is pancreatic colorectal and lung. And then, uh, and then surprisingly, uh, just to like bounce off into the weeds, uh, a pathologist friend of mine who I have like stated when I was on Twitter repeatedly was a 30-year pathologist who had never seen appendiceal cancer cross his desk, is just seeing a crap ton of appendiceal cancers, and that is a mutation in the KRAS cross gene. Mm. Oh, yeah, the but I wanted to like show this study because it shows how many hits it takes, kind of like licks of a lollipop to get to the center. How many hits does it take? of a mutation to get to a specific type of cancer. And when I had messaged you, I was like, holy shit, the brain. Well, you know, I, cancer is uh, way, way outside my... Um... Me too. Just reading. Mm. I was just reading stuff. None of that was from my brain. That was from literature. Yeah, I, I do have a lot of people sort of contact me with... Um, um, it's like, sorry. I wish I could um, help with, with that. cancer. Mm. I mean, so I've heard other people I won't name on Twitter who are also getting contacted by people who have cancer or loved ones asking for help. And the, it it's it's they're desperate, man. And I get it. So doctors can't. Does the wait times too? Because uh, my stepdad, who is now uh, stage four and terminal. Before his, because he was in Vietnam and he had dioxin exposure, but then things got worse after the jabs. 
He started with squamous cell carcinoma on his nose, and then it moved to colon, and now it's pancreas. And uh, Mayo Clinic did what they could to give him extra time, but there's there's nothing left for them to do. But he's not in bed. He's he's tough because he's Marines. So he's, I think, outside right now working on ship. But the, the oh, so I was going to say is the he had to wait months to get radiation plus his other treatment and i know things are backed up even more now so maybe that's why people are reaching out is because it's just insanity the wait times to get seen by a doctor in the u.s is effing nuts and i think canada is the same yeah well this is that again this sort of falls squarely into where the one of the strategic goals with by a warfare release is that you start to build pressure on these systems, right? And essentially it becomes uh, self-reinforcing because people are ill, they can't get in to see someone who can help, and then it gets, it's going to progress more, and then it takes up more time to get treated, etc. And that's, that's a, they, they consider that a legit military target in this type of thinking. Um, and again, the fact that we see this right now points to, again, it adds weight to the hypothesis that we saw the opening salvos that was, I don't know what this war is right now. I hope it stops, I really do. I'm not sure it will. But the opening salvos were by warfare um and you know just to go off on a tangent you know another train derailed right last week in the u.s spilling. yeah and you know i'm pretty sure that Fucked up. someone's doing something <laughs> and you know who was infections week? are off the off the chain like when I, I woke up really early this morning to go to the grocery store because one of my friends has mono right now. And when she went to the hospital, cause she got so sick, but the doctor couldn't get her in because uh, like for, you know, throat mono as a 30 year old, as an adult feels, all, feels a lot more intense than mono as a kid. And that's sucky enough. That's like a month in bed and you're not really moving in your throat. It's hard to swallow. You're like, shit. But she said when she was at the hospital alone, there was half a dozen, the doctor told her there were half a dozen other people right now or at that moment at the hospital with mono when we were talking about an increase in infection and all those people also had COVID at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're just seeing just a spike, a crazy. Uh, Is it a spike? I'm not so sure. No pun intended. Um... Double entendre. In infections or just people acquiring infection? Well, I, I've said the thing we've got to be looking for is the um, the opportunistic infections, just, right? Yeah, the, and that's just one person. I mean, the infection that I had was a rare one anyway. So it wasn't that it was so, – like, it, it was rare anyway. Like, it was a nasty one anyway. But like you said, there's – other ones that your body should normally deal with, like strep, like I think ethical skeptic, the random dude had posted 
even though it's anecdotal, like he was posting his family members dying, right? And then mm-hmm. some in hospice and and this is him the, and other people said people were getting hospitalized with strep and people and their um, body couldn't fight off strep young people and this is uh when it's not just me talking charles talking about bio warfare this is something that the russians are coming out and stating publicly right that we had this interview a few weeks ago kirillov He's basically, he basically said that um, the last few years, well, they've, they've specifically pointed at U.S. corporate ties as being involved in what it is that we're seeing. He specifically mentions the rise in opportunistic infections and that casualty rates are in excess of the same period as of the Second World war and so i'm presuming he's using this 20 30 million dead of you know from whatever there's just we're missing 20 million let's just say 20 million souls right now and um that puts us in very very treacherous territory and we seem to be being led by imbeciles who are unable to address this issue, right? And there's just vacillation around. Um, God, we're still having discussions about lab origins, for example, or, uh, you know, I get it's a thorny topic for some, like the, uh, the hospital protocols. You're living in the past, man. This is not, this isn't a scientific discussion anymore, right? This is uh, when the head of the superpower, a nuclear superpower, is accusing you of engaging in biological warfare, and they're missing millions of. <laughs> um, it's more like a crappy Tom Clancy novel. I know. But maybe uh, maybe that's just normal operating procedure. I'm the one that's uh, thinking it. I'm I'm the one with the screw loose here. But you know, the, what you're describing here, this multiple hit um, concept. Well, boom! How many of those have we seen in the last three years? Wait. So the reason. So someone had alerted me to this when I asked what about three to five years from now and are we going to see cancers probably going to be rare, but are we going to see cancers? And there are a lot of people on Twitter in various positions stating that the boosters are to blame, but but I, I don't think so that it's, it's the hits that people are taking. And so it's the cumulative effect. It's not the boosters themselves that the plasmids were present in the, initial injections and then the boosters you're you're just looking at a cumulative effect mm-hmm. just uh, so everybody's aware somatic mutation is not inherited that's exposure to a carcinogen that can occur not always it can and cannot occur with smoking i just want to say my friend's mom is 94 she's catholic she drinks three mickeys a day and smokes half a pack of cigarettes a day her name nice is- 
Mary Catherine, and so does her sister Marianne in, in their 90s, and they are smart as whips. They are not in any kind of home. They need help driving to the store, but they're very active. They're smoking, they're drinking, they're in their 90s, and you can have political talks with them, and they can rant away. They're awesome. <laughs> I just wanted to, it's just luck of the draw. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, Siggy's took my smoking. father out in his, uh, he didn't even reach 70. All his Aww. 60s were COPD, and um Look, man, he it's went out on his feet, so um, he you'd never love, took a sip of oxygen. Him. I wish I could bring him on the show. Well, I don't know if he'd be approving of what he'd be telling me. Keep your head down for this type of thing. If he, if they, oh no, I mean, my friend's mom would. You would love to have her on the show. Oh right, that she's in her nineties, yeah. Catholic, drinking Mickey's and smoking and swearing and going on about politics, and she's super. She's. she's saw there I, I, i'm up Love for it. some wisdom from the elders um the, look uh that's you know but I, you can smoke and have nothing happen or you can mm. you know my my friend meg died uh when she was 40 of lung cancer from smoking mm. which sucked yeah yeah it's just luck of the draw yeah. so this study though it talks about somatic mutations and just having a one point mutation which again the positively charged the impurities in the lipids can cause mm -mm. if it got in contact with DNA if it landed in the nucleus and was electrostatically bound to say a piece of negatively charged negatively charged DNA on a plasmid you know, that's how you would see it land in a nucleus. Otherwise, it's going to change RNA, and thankfully, RNA won't carry on to other cells yeah, that DNA that's... would. But there's a mutation risk. The DNA is a mutation risk. You said spike protein's a mutation risk. And we've seen the, well, again, that um, SARS nuclear localization study where um, all this back and forth, I remember, you know, there was this. A Swedish group that came out and basically said, oh, we're seeing uh, the uh, spike protein from vaccine expression in the nucleus and it was poo-pooed and they were like, oh, God, it, it's in vitro, etc. And um, you don't hear it being discussed much nowadays, but then, I don't know, I've, I, I think we've seen just more evidence supporting that. And it's to me, it's evidence of this. You're just swamped by this tsunami of data, and people will. It's like herding cats, and they'll just go off in different directions, and that they'll find one that applies a condition that applies to them, or set circumstances that applies to them. So they think everything is that, and there's a far, far broader. Um, landscape of uh, <laughs> I, I don't pull my words but it's 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 a shitty landscape that we're looking at it, and yeah some people will be fine but it, what we just we just take that attitude from now on which is well if they're all right uh, or you're all right we'll just uh, indulge your survivor bias and everyone else that got fucked by this we'll just leave them by the wayside um, and then just leave them to do it, be able to do it again at their choosing. I'm, I'm not I've sure. I've heard people talk like that, including I, I, I'm holding back on the 
the the people in different fields because there are amazingly awesome great people out there in different fields of employment but i've heard people in helping fields say they knew the risk that was that's their fault that's their problem and they're just disregarding well we've seen, we've seen because this. it hasn't happened close to them or right. hear, they're like ah they knew the risk and well, i did not there there wasn't proper consent no, nobody no nobody nobody's we're still wrapping our head around what this technology is and we've seen the way that the corporate government public private partnership is going which is um nobody forced you Right, that's yeah. what they said in New Malone's, Zealand. Dr. Malone said that they were going to say that, and sure as shit, they did. Yeah. Kevin, do you want to scroll to the parts of the body that says how many hits equals how many equals what kind to. of cancer? <laughs> um, like these cancer studies, I always sort of sit there going, hmm, my God, <laughs> I tick that mm -hmm. box, that box. They did a, a crap. So this paper, if anyone goes in, they do a, a lot of analysis. They look at correlation. Is this the figure I should be looking at? I see a lot of... No, there's a human body one oh, that's... Okay. Uh... No. There we go. Oof. Gliobastoma, two hits. Uh. Do you want Wonderful. to describe to everybody what that is besides brain cancer? Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, glial cells that just can become cancerous, but it's it's one of the more difficult... Is that what that guy has in... I don't want to say Japan. I forget where he is. There's oh, a the politician. Politician. Yep. Uh, I thought he had a. I thought it was a blood something in the brain leukemia, but I I don't know enough to. I know who you're talking about. Um, but the the well, again, you know, this is sort of channel talk it was hoped that we could sort of be able to approach you know he's someone who stood up and tried to m make an issue of this right in, in yeah. japan and the um we went does anybody to, know how he's doing uh no not beyond contact from about three four months ago and the we went there or well, i didn't but associate did and said we've got we found this this was was basically um describing kevin's work people thought that he'd found plasmid he hadn't he was just relaying what kevin had done in japanese and people picked up on that thought he'd found the same thing right but on the strength of Kevin McKernan's data, he took that, approached um, political circles in Japan, and again, boom, hit a wall, and they didn't want to know. Well, not that they didn't want to know, it was just a sort of, I guess, indifference and a resignation to what's been done has been done, and we'll pick the pieces up, basically. And um, you know this is this is why I, I always say you've got to pursue every avenue and fight on every front, including like the legal, etc. But be prepared for it not 
panning out the way that you want. Um, you know, we've had good news with <clears throat> the oh, what's his name, Garrett, in the Attorney General in Texas, right? So he's just been cleared of all charges, and he's the one that's sort of taken our um, affidavits about basically what's happened, gain of function, and um. The, the risks that these um, gene transfection technologies have. And, but I, I'm still... Okay, that's one step closer, but I'm not, I'm not holding my breath for that. Um, and I don't think they're going to fix it. I I, I'm not sure stop. they can. What can they do? What can Trains, they do? The train is... Uh can't stop the train mm. and there's so many people who are on the hook for this right right, right. because the, they can't they can't they, they can't, can't just point at one person and say oh it was... well they might <laughs> it was just anti-fauci it's because someone's gonna have to take a responsibility because if someone says if someone admits, then they're admitting negligence, and they're going to open litigation flood floodgates. If yeah, but there's a loophole, at, at on most they do right? a, a controlled burn, and they'll take out some. But you're not. So when you mention that, is that why people aren't bringing things up in the new the? So there's you know when you talked about the ability to talk about many things and not just talk about one thing. Mm. And people with their blinders on, almost all the people that are out there doing podcasts that aren't in your circle are filtering and they are, they look, it feels like they are sandbagging, that yeah, they're yeah. not, they're not talking about everything. And I didn't know if they're just easing people into it, if they're going to wait till the elections in 2024 to let it rip. I don't know. I, I, I've got no idea. Because they own, those doctors know stuff. They, they know the stuff that you presented. They've commented on me publicly. They know what McKernan's doing, but they won't speak about it on podcasts that they go on. They'll just say the LMP is leaky. Mm. I, 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 again, oh, we're we're the we're except Doctor Thorpe. By the way, Doctor Thorpe is like f. Well, there's a few doctors that are really hammering on it, right? Like Doctor Thorpe, OBGYN. Like he he was. Did you watch that one? And Doctor Drew, he was in his. Uh, I mean, he was on I've, his A game there. I've seen Doctor Thorpe. That was. So, that was the one where Kelly Victory, Dr. Victory, announced she has breast cancer. Yeah, sadly. I haven't seen him, but I've seen him a few times. And um, He was on his A-game talking about all of the the abnormalities. So he was deep diving. So I've only seen a few of them deep dive, and he's really gone after. I mean, I, I, as uh, morbid as it sounds, um, I wish I could get a look at the clinical records that he has. Right, because what, of the yeah. yeah, because of what he's talking about, there, there's got to be um, picture evidence of all this. That's what they do in those circumstances. And, My pathologist friend said uh, he's gotten stillbirths in such a high number, and he's not in the same geographical area as Doctor Thorpe. And this is just anecdotal, and I say things to protect his identity, but you know, he said specifically fibrous plaque necrosis in the placenta clots throughout placenta mm. clots 
throughout the uh, umbilical and in different parts of the baby's body. And that and the the number that he's getting coming across his desk is just, you just can't believe it. And the, mm-hmm. you don't, like, Kevin, you don't typically see necrosis of placenta, do you, with clots? I I don't. I don't and, know and enough black that, all over the place. Me. Like, if there's anybody comment, is there any medical? People I mean, Joanna, um, this is something that Anna Burkhart had um, seen, and she's she's got a bunch of images and slides from Anna and um, Joanna does. Yeah, and journey. yeah, and <sighs> it's this. Uh, we're in this situation where because the pathologists are so widespread and if, um, can be caused by you know, there's multiple attack vectors involved um, it's it's difficult to you know if everyone was just getting glioblastoma every adverse event was glioblastoma <laughs> then we, th- you could hone that scared people. the shit out of me right like this isn't meant to scare anybody it's rare it's, it's a rare event mm. but like liver is eight hits Oh, I must be running at that. Um, no, I was, I was always told time... that, that alcohol alcoholics don't get liver cancer. They get cirrhosis. They get cirrhosis instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the trade-off that we talked about, where white people will get MS, but we won't get something else. Well, if you can end up drinking uh, if you can whiskey drink into your nighties and smoking tabs, then uh... they do. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> um, I highly recommend everybody has a a friend who has a a mother and a sister, both in their nineties, who are in perfect mental condition mm. and still active, and while smoking and drinking Mickey's and going off about the current president, mm. and then and and be correct in the th- yeah it's so great yeah man I, I think so i just want to like point at this for a second when i looked at ethical skeptics chart on twitter because even though i am not active on my main account there's i have another to view he just posted something about an increase in cancers and it last week i saw that he was tied with... into uterine cancer was listed i think and one of these other ones that was a lower hit number so it would take uh, less exposures to get there so but like you said it's not always going to the brain but mm. you're gonna hit brain cancer before you hit kidney cancer hey random dude what's going on this one. This is right. sudden cardiac death. But you know, this he this emerged with some SARS specific as well. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, this is you, you have to be a little agnostic at the moment with um causal agents beyond just or, or it's, you should just be binning it as spike protein exposure right now um particularly as we're off three years um post this uh, this event emerging um it's not all 
um, medical interventions and uh, protocols, especially not in this is zero to fifty-four, right? He had, uh, I think, a few posts down where he posted actual cancer frequencies, and I think someone commented, why are these different from what the CDC or something had posted? And That's fun. He said that they had not accounted for, I don't know if it's the pull-forward effect that he speaks to or there was a few other... Holy crap. But uterine, uterine cancer and I think ovarian were the ones he had listed that were increasing. But that I thought was interesting because it correlates with the lower number of mutations required to get to cancer for uterine or ovary or brain. Shit. I don't know. He puts out so much stuff. Um I don't know. You'd have to find the the tweet, but um... it corresponds though with the. <laughs> but yeah, all, all these trends he's pointing. Oh, is this it? Look, CDC is lying about cancer, right? That's very simple. That's his pull forward effect. The yeah. PFE. Hmm. So again, I'm. I have my. Um, I'm not doubting what ethical skeptic does. I'm. I'm looking more towards individual researchers, trying to tease out trends in data than what are very obvious compromised institutions right now, and. Um, you know, I know. Well, just the last presentation I did where it, it, you know it's not a, it's not a hugely detailed um, that's but it's 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 not year on year it's it's a it's everything from when covid started and it's just what what deaths are we seeing that are above what we would normally predict and in that conciliant conclusive clown proof sorry <laughs> i was just reading the top of ethical skeptics conservative conciliant conclusive clown proof oh okay <laughs> All right, sorry, folks, for all the beeps you're about to get. Um, let's do this again. Let's see what it gives me. But whilst that's happening, but you know the the all cause mortality or, or the breakdown of the all cause mortality in the U.S. And again, um, you've got to take it with a pinch of salt, somewhat as if what ethical skeptic is saying with respect to how they're hiding deaths from different categories and shuttling it around etc is true uh, i mean i've 
I've got no reason to um, doubt that at the moment. Um, what do we see? We see neurological, cardiovascular. Um, neoplasms are increased, but it's not at the scale where... Well, I, I would just say, you know, were everything else flat within expectation, you would say, well, that's a horrible data point. But because the cardiovascular and neurodegenerative category is so high, neoplasms looks relatively low. And the, well, and what this leads into is, well, who's getting the cancers? And if we've burned through the elderly because of SARS, etc., all the all the vulnerable have already been taken, and this is something that he I know he's talked to is you see this increase in cancers in the younger age group, and you're seeing the shift of um, heart disease with that graph we were just looking at. Um, which uh, so it's just um, this and let me make it bigger so I, I took the data from nearly a month out of date so here's, you can, where I've underlined Alzheimer's disease and dementia, above it is, oh shit, is neoplasms. Alzheimer's and, reported a, Alzheimer's, Australia reported a huge yeah, uptick. Yeah, yeah. And, you like know, this the, is. Like the government or their public health department did, correct? Yeah, they were like 26%. Not a Scooby-Doo. 26% above what they were expecting. And this is this is precisely what you would predict with respect to um, these brain neurodegenerative pathologies and exposure to these misfolded proteins. Now, maybe there is another reason for it, but um, no one has done the studies. No one's even asking the question except me on the in this corner of the internet, and um, I'm. Like I say, I, I'm, my concern is that just so many people are implicated at so many levels that they, they will do anything and everything to not, not take the blame. They're just going to double down until the end, no matter what. Even yeah. if the evidence shows they are guilty, they'll still refuse to admit that they were responsible. Mm. Yeah. And, but, I know, this is something and you know i spoke to this guy and i was just like are you sure about this data from the uk and you know th that bottom left hand corner that's people dying in their below 50 and that's <laughs> what do, what do you what do you do and if it's say say it's something like uh, it's the plasmid doing its thing, or um, even uh, 
antibody dependent enhancement and anything the, the list could phospholipid antiphospholipid syndrome the expression of the spike protein and endothelial because it hit the vascular system first and then the immune response to that and the clotting from that or the clotting from the binding events because yep. the plasmids can cause it I mean, from a, finding from events a, in the blood compartment, and they can link up with the plasma proteins. But if you were, let's say, I don't know, head of a um, health, I don't know, let's just say you were part of the government's um, health political infrastructure, and you were seeing data like this, um, I think that. You would try and sort of keep it on the down low and just say, well, okay, we'll, we'll just keep treating it because you don't want to have people pouring panic. through. Sorry? Panic. They don't want to cause panic, right? Right. right. And again, you know, if that data seems true. Again, I know it's showing percentage, but. Um... So the news does filtered panic. I give, can I give like a quick personal story? Like sure. I've used this talking to a few people. When I was in my undergraduate program a long time ago, my I was off school. I wasn't feeling well. My neighbor had a scanner. We'd hang out sometimes, jam out. Long story short, I I ditched. I didn't go to class. Hanging out at my neighbor's. He's listening to the police scanner and picks up chatter that there is an armed man with a flak jacket that has enough ammo to take out a city. He's got a van full of automatic weapons and uh, just an incredible amount of ammo, ammunition. He's yeah, got God other bless ammunition. The USA. He's just a uh, Second Amendment purist. What's the matter with you? <laughs> we, our, our state is a Castle Doctrine state. Uh, he has additional weaponry and ammunition stashed that they had found in a basement of a house he was either renting or um, that was somebody was allowing him to stay in. And then he also had more weapons in another vehicle in a parking lot. And he told his wife he wanted uh, death by cop. He is former sharpshooter. He, so it's on the, the scanner that he, he's going death by cop and he's going to take out as many as he can. And he makes his way in April on April sixth, I'm just gonna fuck fuck it because I reported it to the to the uh I the Department of Education in the Cleary Act that we have, which so I so I ended up reporting it, asking why this didn't hit the news. So on April sixth of two thousand, I forgot the year it was. He made his way to um, the University of Madison, and he was gonna open fire on everybody and his friend named Joshua P. Like, you just don't forget information like this. Uh, talked him down, and they got him in a black Rubicon to say, to the hospital before SWAT could take him out because they had orders shoot to kill. Mm. The They never told the students when they locked down the university that a sharpshooter with dozens upon dozens of piles of weapons and ammunition it was headed for a very specific building, which has mostly glass. We're not the front 
but all the walls are glass. Like they were specially designed this building just to be look cool, aesthetic, what fucking ever. He he was going to 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 shoot everything up, and the only thing that landed in the news on on one station about this whole thing was possibly. I quote, possibly armed. Possibly <laughs> well, suicidal. You know, um, Former sharpshooter right. was found near the campus. That was it. There was nothing. No one was alerted. The students weren't alerted. alerted. The, the professors, nobody was alerted. Mm. While he had all this shit and they were about to take him out. So there's the same thing going to happen with this. Like we were saying, like they pick and choose what they feed us to the mm. media to either cause us panic or not cause us panic, depending on how they want to drive our behaviors in the same way that a hostage negotiator, which is a friend of mine who is a lieutenant and hostage negotiator, described how people will do things in order to drive a behavior. So like you said, they're going to hide this because they don't want to drive the behaviors of people freaking out demanding answers but they'll feed other information that well i i think they're in such deep water right now they're screwed there's nothing they can do yeah they've got they've just got to go all in with respect to other other distractions that would just and i that this is why i think you're just seeing this escalation um in europe right now and yeah, you can be sure if that lights up, no one's going to care about this. And so the, the, that crime they're able to get away with, and you know, wars wars a racket, right? Everyone knows that, and so oh, most people, well, so most people, but people should know that. And they'll, I think that's their last cards to play. No one, no one gave a fuck about Mexico alien. Mummies, right? No one cares. Um, it, th I saw that, that. You saw it. <laughs> Just in time for Halloween. Um, I mean, they, Do they celebrate they, Halloween in Japan. Uh, not really. No. Do they celebrate? I think it's I mean, mostly they don't American holiday, celebrate. and then the UK kind of adopted some. Mm. There's, there's Christmas a little bit. Not much, but only because it's close to New Year. New Year is big, big holiday here. That's it. And then there's the summer break. Um, but yeah, no, uh, no tacky pumpkins everywhere. I'm afraid. Um, we eat them too. Well, they're good for you. Pumpkin. Not they the... do. They do. They do have a native pumpkin here. It's kind of green looking. Kabucha. Is that what it's called? Or is that the squash? I don't know. But it's it's not a big I've, I've, pumpkin. I've cooked it. Is it like squished down? Yeah, like yeah. Green? Yeah. I've, I make curry with that. Oh, okay. Or I yeah. make that with curry. Yeah. That's, uh, that's their pumpkin. So they do have one. But no. No. Um... It's pretty good with some red curry. should mm. uh, see if your waifu can... Can make it. Yeah, I'm so bummed I didn't get to do... The primate. I'm going to speak to V John. Just get through the primate data. 
Because we only had 15 minutes, even though many of us had a lot of slides, so we couldn't go into detail like we are right now, because mm -hmm. the point was told to us, just hit major points, and then we'll expand later. And we haven't expanded later yet. I know. It's... And... Mid-September. When did we do that? Three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, Four yeah. Weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Maybe well, I'll get uh, Joaquin to nudge him, maybe. But the, you know, I've I've just gone down this rabbit hole of human endogenous retroviruses and um, prions this last few weeks. And, you know, I'm supposedly a domain level expert it's just not been on my radar as a as a thing to be looking out for you can track it back in the literature about 15 years or actually about it but the um and then what do i find i i find a paper which um says oh SARS exposure leads to up or switching on of these um, human endogenous retroviruses. And again, that's something that's very um, population specific, demographic specific. Did I send you the paper on the viruses that are latent being activated by inflammation? due to uh, action I, on intracondensates. I know it's in my slide deck somewhere, but I'll send it to you and see if that applies to the mechanism. It's online. Apparently I have some corrections to do on there, but um, I am busy AF. For those unaware, I am starting my an internship unpaid for the next year, working 30 probably hours a week for a good uh, cause. And then I've got to work outside of that and volunteer and live and breathe and run and meditate and live life. So I The unpaid internship. That's I'm how they suck me exhausted. in. <laughs> That's what you got to do to get your yeah. license on some things and work in the field you want to work in because I'm yeah. in the midst of a career change. Damn. All right. So it I... was, I forgot which, uh, I guess if we, there's a, there's a slide dedicated somewhere to just briefly going over, it should show a picture of the human body, if I remember correctly, and talking about intracondensates, but apparently I have to correct a calculation somewhere on the zeta potential where it's actually higher than what I initially calculated. Okay. A day. It's actually freaking worse. Mm. I'm tired, man. Well, you know, there's so much to. Um, and plus, this, I, I was asked to take part. I know. <laughs> I had it in 2021. We, we all did, right? I got this from uh, Brett Weinstein's. There, I'm just saying it, it was somebody who posted the link when he got demonetized. I feel like it was that episode. And they and somebody posted the link in his okay. his YouTube. I can't remember how I got it, but and I clicked on it really quick. Yeah, I was that Byram guy. 
Yeah, I've got the full, you have the full document, right? Like I have the yeah. full leaks. And then media started saying that it wasn't true yeah. and that it was a lie and that it was an actual Pfizer document. Come on. This oh, there it is. Explain away. <laughs> this is outside of my wheelhouse, but I wondered if it would help in what you're looking at in retroviruses. If you pull up that study, you want to the interaction. So the SV40 promoter or the plasmid might influence, you know, the study showed in viral reactivation because of the interaction with what are called intra intracondensates and inflammation, so that there have been there have been case reports correct of uh, reemergence of zoster. Yeah, that's that's been a Herpes. common one with. Uh... Are people getting a? Are are do people really have mono? Or are they getting a reactivation of Epstein Barr? I think it's a reactivation, probably. Like, why would that many people, unless, I mean, we had football games here. We're in full swing of football season. I don't we're know. in Wisconsin Badgers, so we have Packers and the Badgers. So it's it's crazy right now for football. But I didn't know if there were huge events people were going to where they're getting mono or just a bunch of people at mono. Because they weren't college students. Like, my friend isn't, my friend's older. So why the heck are all these people getting mono right now? Well, um I'll give a tip of the hat to Charles and just say EC sign is yeah, immune dysregulation and you know that, that that seems baked into the the cake here at sort of multiple levels and if that was again I would put forward the premise that this is a um it was calculated to do this and, you want to blow up the screen cuz it looks you know this I think this gives a Just some information. I think I got like a week's notice or something that I was going to be giving this presentation. So this was all just for Vijan. Well, he said he was going to put them online. So if people want to go and look for them, but um, or if people want to download this, I'll put chat. So this also links a certain virus to pericarditis as well. Uh, which if you like there's a case report there too there's a cytomegalovirus reactivation oh, and its right, involvement in heart inflammation mm. through covid-19 vaccination yeah and i i don't there's know the mechanisms to... on the screen and i didn't know if that was just i didn't know if this was involved in your retrovirus wormhole you've been going through so i thought well you know as I was, again, I'm just sort of doing this online as I'm looking through and running through ideas in my head. So, you know, the, the, the first thing that we were looking at was, oh, these expression of these retroviruses, these herbs, increase protein misfolding. Now, um, I got to thinking, well, you know, does it occur in well, first half checked SARS. Yes, it does. Does it occur in influenza? Yes, it does. And so 
I was thinking, is it part of an innate that why have they been kept evolutionarily? And I, I can justify it in my mind that there could be a um signaling signaling pathways that basically say okay you sell you need to be on guard for um pathogens in the uh, in the body in the environment and so by releasing a intrinsic i guess viral peptide like the gag the env and the pole whatever other ones they tend to express it it it's a it's a form of readying the body and it knows how to deal with that um that viral peptide and so that this is the pole pole protein it's part of the pole two i don't know if it's called pole two but they're just uh, structural um proteins for these retroviruses and but because you've dealt with them and evolved with them evolutionarily, the, in theory, in my mind, it could be you, you know how to handle them. In when your health gets better, you can remethylate those areas and tamp it down and um, carry on your merry way. And so I I can see that as being um, a trade off in the in the evolutionary battle between um host and parasite or pathogen i should say and but we get into this space where if that does happen then that allows this acceleration of misfolding and so to have such acute misfolding signals present that are novel they they don't come up in blast and um how much did they know this and try to right. leverage it right right and, i'm not an immunologist or a cancer specialist but we're we're throwing up studies on the screen and going over them and you think that the people that made what they're putting into people had a clue but in at the weapons level Right, that they like they know about super antigens, right? That, that you know, right. Charles says they've had those sort of have got stockpiles of them from the fifties, right? And it's something that was vigorously pursued. So we have the super antigen sequence, we have the dendritic cell targeting epitopes. And the HLA difference in alleles, that's not a right. I don't and, think that's uncommon. Nothing here is uncommon or hidden it's not hidden knowledge and so it's just putting those puzzle pieces together and then once you've once you're at that point and then you've got the countermeasure well why wouldn't you use it right and you know we're sitting here we don't know who's done it i mean we can point at a bunch of people but they've they've, they've still got that ambiguity um our front line got this so when you talked about our elderly, like our medical staff, doctors, nurses, firefighters, paramedics, police, all the people that protect us and take care of us mm. were the first round to mm. get blasted with this stuff. Yeah, and th that's their so strategy to do this. Right, so when you're saying like, 
Like what is it? We're already seeing this is this is effing this is effing bonkers. Mm. I, I live in Wisconsin in a large city and I called they they had to do the emergency check on my eyes after the LP I had because mm. of the increased spinal fluid pressure to make sure I was okay. My eyes weren't gonna like go blind. But they didn't have time for an eye exam and I need new glasses or contacts and I asked so I, I tried to make an appointment and they said they don't have an opening with even a basic optometrist to check for vision until June of 2024. Holy shit. In Wisconsin. I'm not even in California or in New York. I don't know what's going on there. I'm not even in a large metropolitan city. I'm in a mid-sized city. So I'm probably going to have to go to a department store or something. But the neurology department's out for new patients almost a year. Cancer uh, oncology's out. I think, uh, like my stepdad, he goes to the VA and for his cancer treatment, uh, they said that the soonest they could get him in for the actual surgery that would have helped him more was 11 months. And they said, you'll be dead by then if we don't do radiation now. So he had to opt for radiation, even if he traveled to somewhere else. Right. So then the, so what happens if what two to 5% of our medical paramedic firefighter, our first, our first responders, what happens if we lose 5% of them? I don't even want to put a number on it. Like what's a, what's a conservative arbitrary number, Kevin, where you could say we would be fucked. Um, I mean, I'm not a I'm not in public Charles, health or epidemiology, I'll but Charles, like, what would the, the chat? But like, um, my understanding is like a uh, a squad or a fighting unit, right? If twenty percent get taken out, that has to like you would rotate it out unless you know you had no other option. And I don't know. We had a whole a whole shit ton. Well, not a shit ton, but we had a decent. We had a decent number who were within five years of retirement in 2020 who said, fuck it, we're done. And they they retired. And then there are still some now that are within five years of retirement by age who are doctors and specialists who are going down from FTE to PTE. And they're just phasing themselves out a little early to get out. And then you had the people that refused to get jabbed or they, their religious exemptions refused because I'm trying not to say things for legal reasons. The, some of the largest hospitals in the U.S., I had heard internally from the doctors that worked there that, that they were making it more difficult to get their exemptions or they weren't really able to report into VAERS that their own staff had clots on their brain the night after they got injected, but how many of those? Yeah. How, what, like we already lost a percentage. Like how, like how many more is going to equate know. the 20%? Did we already lose 10%? I don't even know if that's a, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's not a outrageous thing to be saying that they seem to be deliberately crashing systems right now. And what, here we're listing out for you the uh i guess the medical scientific rationale for that um you could probably go and i'm i know you can go and find um 
18 percent a survey conducted by medscape this spring found it that 18 percent of nearly 500 u.s physicians said they intended or will be retiring this year in 2022 yeah so i, I would say things have... Fifteen thousand internal medicine doctors left the workforce more than 300k healthcare providers dropped out of fierce healthcare is the website november 1st 2022 mm. uh, march 2022 healthcare has yet to feel the full impact of physician physicians retiring or dropping out nearly half of physicians changed jobs during the pandemic chg healthcare June 27, 2022, 2022 survey found that 43% of physicians changed jobs and 8% retired during pandemic, while 3% left medicine to pursue non-clinical careers. Hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. Web, WebMD, over 300,000 healthcare workers left their jobs in 2021 in pursuit oh, of another career <laughs> outside of the field. Web, WebMD, Is that just October in the US? 24th, 2022. Yeah. Related Man. to burnout, you, long if hours. Just, if you'd said to me that there were just 300,000 healthcare workers, I would have believed that. Written by Alf, written by Ralph Ellis, WebMD. I mean, it's WebMD, so she, but they're still saying an estimated 333,942 providers left their job in 2021 alone due to heavy patient loads, personal health concerns, mm-hmm, or burnout, an estimated 117,000 physicians left, including 15,000 internal medicine, 13,000 family practice, and 10,000 clinical psychology. Also leaving their jobs were nearly 60,000 nurse practitioners and 23,000 physician assistants. Since 2020, quote, one in five healthcare workers have quit their jobs, and surveys suggest up to 47% of healthcare workers plan to leave their positions by the year 2025. So then we're beyond the 20 percent yeah yeah I marker mean, that kind and of right experience. now yeah nursing school is a three to five year wait to get in i mean they've dropped protocol for testing requirements now for what lawyers nurses doctors wow holy uh, crap the current worry is the being able to backfill as physicians retire or move out of the workforce and for the ability for people to get into the healthcare profession I mean, it, it, they seem extraordinary numbers. I, I would, I want to see other sources. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to compute. Critical staff, they're naming states too. South Carolina is experiencing a 29% shortage right now. Georgia hospitals, 21%. Vermont, 20% have left. This, these reports were based on analysis of data from. Definitive Healthcare's claims MX and Physician View, including provider billing for the U.S. Um, Maybe Edward Dowd should run a report on. Yeah, that'd be easy. And and then his data is pretty um, terrifying, right? That, that we're seeing these people drop out of the workforce, young people. Ah. There is one on, uh, so there is a study, NIH, so there's a bunch of COVID-19 pandemic and physician burnout. It was published June 13th of 2022. It actually gives higher numbers. Hmm. 
Yeah, Reggie makes a good point in the chat. How many of those still working are chronically ill, impaired? Yeah. I, I, I'm betting quite a few. Imagine. And retired people came out of retirement as well. So we, we, we did have some come out yeah, of retirement also, or some also, that are working past. They, they, they did force people into retirement, though, at the beginning. Right. They got they got rid of sort of old hands on boards. I remember the people who had who were sort of were like, older. Yeah, close to retiring, and maybe they might not have been so amenable to following new protocols, etc. When they when they've got a lifetime of clinical experience, but. It's... BMJ even has articles too, talking about uh, what's happening with NHS in the UK. But this is again, this was a, a specific aim of biowarfare planning, right? To take collapse out, us, yeah, take out the essential services. Blueberries, blueberries. So speaking of like farming and stuff too, have we? Has anybody talked? about agriculture and what's going on and the impact of Ukraine? Like, was that all bullshit and wheat and the hay to raise the animals and the cost of meat? So I went um, to the store and blueberries last night were $9 and I almost lost my fucking shit because I live in Wisconsin. So then I thought, what are they in California? Like, it wasn't, I wasn't at a bougie store. I was at a little, I was at a generic, I was at a box store. I don't know. I was at a big box store. There's no way that that should have cost that. And then I looked at the cost of a a turkey. And ham was ham was uh, a week ago was a dollar twenty five a pound. So you betcha. Ham and bacon is in my freezer now. A fuck ton of it. That's just crazy. What is like you said? The stuff over there is not this expensive in Japan. That you're not as it's impacted. Not because Japan has been in this. Um, True insulated. I don't know. Um, hypo inflated state stuff has gone up. I I've been here fourteen years now, thirteen years, and the coffee was always a hundred yen a cup, and then in the last year or, or so, this, I'm just talking about like you can get like a fresh. There's a machine doing it, but like it'll grind up beans and give you a like. A, shot of coffee for 100 yen and it was always 100 yen and it went up this year um 10 percent um i'm but generally i i do you know compared to what charles was telling me that yeah it's i don't think we're seeing the shocks to the system here that you're no seeing. i just read another one that said a recent study by i always get the pronunciation wrong is it elsevier States, publication. yeah, oh. yep. April eighteenth, twenty twenty three. Up to seventy five percent of healthcare workers will leave the pro profession before twenty twenty five. Get and that shit removed from your neck now, Kev. And anything yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. Like say, I'm. But you don't. You're not experiencing that in Japan, like we are here. Yeah, I just don't see the impacts not not what i'm seeing through the screen and what people are telling me um you know the hospital was busy considering it's 
not a metropolitan area. Um, but yeah. Like I said, when I had my car accident, they, I was there for, so I got, man, what a terrible run, freaking few yeah, months where I had the lumbar way, puncture right? <laughs> and then I got in a I got in a hit and run rear-ended by a guy off the highway and slammed into me and I just I just braced for impacts so I'm like fuck I don't know I just but whiplash dislocated my jaw mm. I was sitting in the emergency room with the collar around my neck mm. for about five hours and then I just there was a woman next to me that was in her 20s and she was talking to me because we were sitting there for so long saying that she was, and then they pulled her back and admitted her because she was 24 and she said something was wrong with her heart. And I'm like, holy shit, here we go. So right there, mm. right next to me. But uh, I ended up walking out because I went to the desk and said, hey, like they couldn't help it. But I'm like, hey, guys, I need could barely it. talk because this side of my jaw was dislocated <laughs> and I could feel it. And I got thing and I'm like, mm. and they're like, we don't know that we're going to be able to see you tonight. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm not dying. I don't feel a protrusion other than my jaw. So then I ended up going home and going into the walk-in the next day to get my jaw put back in. Mm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, you just got to shunt it over. I was going to try. <laughs> um, I don't know what to like say. Uh, for sure. And, I, and I'm not in a metropolitan city. Like, I just saw in Canada, somebody posted on Twitter that their wait time for the ER was 23 hours. Was that true? It was, or 17 hours? It was just... Well, that that sounds like standard for the UK. Um, the I, 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 look, <laughs> if they if they're big picture, I'm damn lucky. I have my diagnoses and everything. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm just like, have maintenance with medication now. Yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel. But so like, I go in the, for some imaging, and they're like, "Keep going." If we take a big picture here. Right, and this endogenous retrovirus thing has me a little spooked, right? Because if they're, we've got two really potentially dangerous interactions coming, right? So we've found this PRP specific segment, 531 to 552, that is being translated either by Viral exposure or gene transfection exposure. Wait, say that again. So this is the Nystrom paper. So they've found this 20 amino acid sequence um, element on spike protein. And the upshot of it is the, this one. It's specific for human prion protein. And I had a question for you on about that. Mm. But sorry, go ahead. So we have this issue right now, which is this has been seeded into the environment. And now we're sort of the direction I'm sort of heading down is that we've got this problem with um, these endogenous retroviruses. An asteroid's coming, so we're okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but my my concern here is that um, they could turn around and say, um, "Oh yeah, we fucked up. You're all you're all seeded with these uh, prion-like 
peptides, etc. It's um, it's everywhere, and so you know this this Is idea. it more than one spot on? Is it just one part of it that's seeding to aggregate other proteins? Yeah, yeah. So it's one. So there there are two episode epitopes of concern, right? There are, there are multiple amyloidogenic sites, but they've identified these two twenty amino acid sequence lengths and. One is I have a specific. question about that that I think I asked privately, but we didn't get to ask in front of people, which is going to be the uncommon question, or the, I'm, I'm about to ask the bad question that gets me tarred and feathered and put to the center of, of town and stoned. Uh, if you cleaved that section and had two pieces instead of one, and it just so happened you had of the protein, or you know the segment. So instead of having one or whatever segment, like if you cleave this into pieces, and but then it's a part where you've got a a spot on each of the section that's doing that. Would that increase? I don't know aggregation because know. instead of just one piece of uh something driving that, now you have two. Because that's so that's know. been my concern with natokinase. Besides the right. clot relocation and the other stuff, if you're, because some people are saying it dissolves it, and that's not true. The right. study explicitly states, the study explicitly states it cleaves it. And it's not cleaving it in many spots either. It's cleaving it in one or two spots. And I tried to see exactly where it does cleave it. So you could ask the question, which domain, which part of it. But if you now had two pieces of every spike protein instead of one, and on each end you had something that was driving misfolding, would you then exponentially drive your own dementia in half know. the time or whatever faster? I don't know. But so we have this issue. And so, you know, there's this concern about. Um, you know the new systems that they're going to instantiate where they where how do they force people into compliance right and i could see a mechanism here where you would get most people to comply by um saying well you've got to take the protein antiretroviral drugs to stop or slow this down right and the thing is, there's such a wait time on prion-like disorders. I mean, you'll get some fast responders. I think we've seen that already. You're going to have acceleration of the dementia-type disorders. We're having that already. Yeah. I, I think a lot of the um, neurological manifestations are a consequence of this and the inflammatory pathways that are responding. You were saying long COVID is... The, I think I think a lot is of the it prodromal is. or the prodromal yeah. pro stage. I listen uh, to your other streams, even though I don't always chat. Yeah. <laughs> and the so you've got this, and um, who would who would not take the, that medicine? And then coupled with, well, if you don't take it, you don't get the central bank digital currency allotted to oh, you, yeah. right? The, now I can see how they they would really start tightening screws, 
And then again, that just says they knew how to do this. And this was a strategic aim that they've gone for. Collapse healthcare, everything. And this this type of pathology, I, I just don't think we know enough, not in the public domain, to be confident in saying, oh, you can ignore that. That there would there would be no you can't fall on a body of literature that says, well, prion exposure will only impact ten percent, five percent. There's nothing like that. The literal everything says that there's no safe dose. No. That's why the one time I was in a lab and we were working with fragments. Only certain people went back there. I was not. They incinerated columns. They got. They dealt with that stuff. That did like special things were ordered in, and then they it was destroyed. Mm. And you, you, you can't know, just this, handle. These aren't prions themselves. This is the thing. Right. These are just catalysts for it. But and are they protein specific? Did they say? Yeah. So this it's specific for prion protein. Right, right, and the other one that they've got listed there, which is just a bit further down, is specific for amyloid beta, the Alzheimer. Well, it's not just Alzheimer. I mean, amyloid beta goes out of control in um, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob as well. Sorry for sending all the studies that I have and emails because I found that one paper on alpha lipoic acid, supposedly ridding the body of the amyloid beta, but you said that could drive other things to happen downstream that you wouldn't want. Well, that, so this is if we're in a, in a situation Since where there's a... There's people a... are taking supplements. So by the way, anybody watching alpha lipoic acid, there's a study out there that shows, where they showed, an, was it uh, not that it was getting rid of amyloid beta, right? But you were saying, like in the human, and you could yeah, get other bad things happening. Well, it, that's based on the this hypothesis that these um, aggregations are essentially part of the innate immune response. That in in effect, they're they they think they might be trapping um, toxins of various forms, or I don't know, metal ions that shouldn't be where they are. Um, and so, you of course, you would ac accumulate that over a lifetime as you just have these, uh, what was that cancer paper saying? The hit, hit hypothesis, whatever. But as you get like exposed... Multi-hit. Yeah. Multi-hit, right. So as you get exposed accumulate. to different pathogens, etc., they're going to accumulate, and that's that's just life, and you eventually you're just going to have to check out anyway. And, and you know, it's, that's... that's um, it's to be expected, right? But unless you're a Mickey's drinking three right. times a day, and then you know you fall down and get hurt because you're so drunk, but then you're still smoking and you're all with it. So <laughs> in your nineties, I can't wait. Nineties are good innings. Um, I don't think I'll get that far. Um, if I squeeze out another twenty, uh, I'll be happy. But the um, but you, by dissolving it, you might be making 
more of a problem, right? So that's what I was asking about the egg, the spike too, like by breaking it up, are you? And I, I just don't think we know that that's the thing. We, we are in uncharted territory for, um, being able to confidently say you, you should do X, Y, or Z in this instance. And this, um, so this idea that just such a short epitope can catalyze prion protein into the scrapey form, that goes even beyond the, you know, people 20, 30 years ago, 30 years ago now, weren't computing the idea that there was pathogens below the viral size, right? But then the idea of pathogenic misfolded proteins began to emerge and it was understood that they could cause disease. Now it's being taken down even further that certain epitopes can do that. Now, again, what are the conditions where that epitope is being exposed? I mean, it's got to have some interaction with prion protein, but prion protein is all through the body. Um, Again, I've I've smacked into the um, the wall of my limit of understanding here, and but if some if some like I say, these are novel sequences. It's not it's not found in other SARS viruses. We don't have the body of work to go back and look and say, well, these ones have these sequences and they cause the same reaction if you do these tests and we can just dismiss it's a minimal um, risk. Um, we don't have that data. And there should be an inordinate amount of, well, just research time and dollars and multiple labs working on it to uh, either confirm or uh, refute that it's, a, it's an issue. And like I say, it's it's sort of crystallized in my mind with this Herve issue. Oh, well, you're going to need prep. New prep too. Keep you going. And yeah, there's, there's the medical tyranny right there. The big, maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but um, if I was nefarious enough to think of a, uh, world-dominating attack, um, something like that. And most people won't believe it, right? You, you've got people who just, they, can't, they won't even believe in viruses. And here you've got to explain to them that, no, you can, you can have epitopes that can do this. Again, I don't, I don't know. I, you would have to... Again, the computational resources that would have to be put to it to say, okay, which ones? Why is this one catalyzing human prion protein? What's the characteristics of it? And work back from there and then find what other sequences do it. And essentially, that 
in my mind, that could be virtually infinite. And, you know, right now this is just in vitro, right? But the epidemiological data doesn't look good. No. And like you said, it's been anecdotal, but how many, like when you were talking with Rixie last night and he was talking to Major Murphy and two guys dropping right in front of him and that's just in front of him mm. and beyond my my friend's wife that uh, now has early rapid onset dementia, you know, the nurses that I do talk to that are openly talking to me and others, I'm sure, and doctors are saying the same thing that they are seeing. Uh, just uh, they can't believe the number of people that are experiencing the dementia, the Alzheimer's like symptoms in their in their late 40s, early 50s. And there isn't the resources either to go around because they've got to wait for the MRI and the MRI is like out forever. Yep. And then yep. if they go into long-term care, which is going to happen with my friend, it's like those places have actually closed down. So there's a shorter num shortage in number, but then they can't even get the care that they need or the, if there is something that can, fuck, I don't know. Mm. I, I, I don't know. And again, um, if it, it, I'm if... scared, I have to go in clinic in person. But the only thing that I am thinking personally, my lucky stars on for going in person now and uh, seeing patients is that I'm going to be inpatient. And I think they're getting COVID swabbed or tested before they enter, even though we know it's not accurate. <laughs> I have some protection that they're doing some screening of people because it's an inpatient, mm. at least 30 day facility so i'm not just seeing people coming and going all the time I don't the dregs think. off the street <laughs> no they don't take insurance there you have to pay mm. i didn't mean it like that there's people that have awesome jobs and have insurance no that's uh it's it's very expensive to go to the place where i'm going to be to help people Internships are almost so. There's there's another thing that there's an issue with. Uh, I'm talking to people in different fields when we just to bounce back to the provider issue of healthcare and mental health. That the internships aren't there anymore because they locked shit down in 2020. They stopped in many areas, even allowing students to come through or people that were looking for licensure to get their supervision hours for state requirements. And then they never picked it back up. So from what I heard, there's half to, is it like 50 to 70% of people are still waiting from last year to get a placement for this year in order to to get licensure and move forward. It's fucking crazy. Well, if they're... Or they're leaving for other states or they're not getting the sites that they want where they don't feel they're going to get the proper training. Like I, I looked out getting mine, but I can't believe it. Oh, we're screwed. Mm. Wow. Sorry, I don't have, I don't have hope on that one. I was just reading how many teachers have retired. Well, yeah, the disturbing thing is they're just being um, substituted or replaced by uh, purple-haired <laughs> caco demons. As, uh, as Gadsad, Gadsad would call it, the blue-haired jihad. 
Blue Reggie hand. <laughs> yes, I like it. I love him. Mm. <laughs> Just need some testicular fortitude. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... Let's just round up. Are you heading then... to sleep? Are yeah. you gonna watch? You were gonna play a funny video before. Are you gonna play one that I sent or a, or a different some? one? I sent you a few. I sent one on occult, and I sent uh in Skype or email. I in Skype, but I know last night you said you were gonna play a funny video, and I didn't know if it was one of those. But you let Rixie go, so you could go to sleep. Uh, it was. Well, it was just that um, we will, we will, we win, we win, raccoon. That's that was the one I was going to play. Um, Pride Month at Pierce and Pierce. Oh yeah, I'll play that one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. I love the book. I think he's lying. Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? <laughs> oh, very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Rail. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. <laughs> that is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. That is really super. How do nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait. You ain't seen nothing yet. Raised lettering. Pale Nimbus. White. Impressive. Very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's card. You gotta pause that one and go back. I feel like after you play. It. Yeah, there, there was some gems on that card. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to order you. Please, please. No, it's uh... <laughs> Z Zim. <laughs> White people, shut up. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Love is love. The next one's better. I'll be sure to pause. <laughs> Impressive. Very nice. Mm. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Vegan. Oh, we've got, of course, Black Lives Matter in uh, Transparent. <laughs> I love it. Paul Allen. Bravo. Coloring. A tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. Something wrong? Patrick? You're sweating. <laughs> Gene? 
Man. Whoa! Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've watched that movie or not. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah. <laughs> Such a, I don't know. This uh, the the sort of narcissistic um, element that he has, where I don't know. It's just a pit of my side. Just, just show what a seedy bastard I am. But there's this just scene where he's looking at himself in the mirror as he's doing a doing a prostitute, and he's just flexing. As he's having sex. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> And he's listening to Huey Lewis in the news, right? Where he's like, you gotta take pleasure in your work. <laughs> yeah, brilliant movie. I, I read the book before I saw it, and I didn't know what the fuck I was reading, man, because it was just like, he had like 50 pages of just sort of like this OCD description of his bathroom shelf and routine of getting ready in the morning and how uh, <laughs> real men moisturize. <laughs> It's something I was like, what the f Close the fridge, please. Reminds me of Dharma, says the chat. Yeah, it's, it's a little off-putting. But... There. There, back to... Uh... Back to cancer and, and yeah. beyond disease. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to uh, wrap it up. Let me, just, let me just see if anyone... The is cult video is good if you just want something to watch. Not on here, so... A cult video. Yeah, there was a cult video. Joining a cult. Oh, is is gender ideology a cult? Yeah, of course it is. That's a good one. Um, yeah, you're all okay, K two six hours. Um, what can I say? Yep. All right. Um, thank you. Well, Thanks, yeah, everybody. just to, just just to quickly summarise for people, if you came in late, uh, we were basically looking at um, there are uh, differences in. Uh, HLA human leukocyte antigen presenting peptides on cells um, and their distribution will predispose you to different disorders and diseases and autoimmune mm. European Americans sorry pals mm. not so much white like, supremacy like though. MS, Graves lupus and if you got an antigen in your body or an immune system response because you got injected with a piece of dna plasmid well just a spike protein or a spike so, protein yeah all of it but anyway um that these things do exist and um something to keep in mind as we uh watch what's continues to emerge uh, out the out the swamp as it were so um oh i'm very interested in the um membrane potential alteration paper that you found so we should go through that one at some point not now but which uh, one is that there was so many uh, oh, i sent you one on that that's right did i send it yeah, the potassium channel gating and interaction with uh, cationic lipids. Um, oh yeah, because that's that's a pathway to cancer, right? You 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 mess with. I didn't know Stephanie Sneff would be interested in that too, if she had even looked at that. So, uh, oh yes, yeah. that, uh, to just say people saying there were there were rumble donuts. Thank you, thank you. I did. I've I forgot about that. Um, if I miss them, I don't see alerts 
that point, but um, Ross Canned, thank you. Uh, Chris, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Much, much appreciated. Um, I'm going to take a coffee nap. I thought I'd explain what that is. I did it in, when I was in my heavy science classes doing the um, 18 to 24 so long as semesters. It's nothing like a coffee enema. Um, no, no. Now I'm going to take a coffee nap and I'm going to sleep for 45 minutes. So as we go throughout our day, adenosine builds up on our brain, which causes us to be tired. And you can probably explain this better than I can. I know, total, total <laughs> proper nutters, total bats, total bobbins, right? I was trying to think of the, I'm hanging out with the people over Zoom in the psychology group that I'm in from the UK, and they're teaching me all these phrases like scrote adjacent, lip and frocky, <laughs> or lip and lippy and frock, but scrote adjacent was a new one that I wasn't expecting. I had a great one this week. Um, who was it? Uh, Hibernian Blanco well, in, in my chat just uh, called a, uh, a, a penis inversion a, a wizard sleeve. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> so I'm going to have a coffee nap. So I'm going to slam coffee before I go to sleep. And okay. the theory is the adenosine, I'm going to nap for 45 minutes, and the adenosine is going to drop off my brain because right now I've been going on four or five hours of sleep for the last couple of weeks catching up on work. But the adenosine is going to drop off my brain as I'm napping, as I slam cold coffee, not hot. And then the caffeine is going to slap a fresh, wonderful layer up. Instead okay. of where the adenosine was, and then I wake up because it takes 30 minutes to 40 for the caffeine to cross my blood-brain barrier. So in 45 minutes, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like um, that just ready to go again. That just sounds like a way to physical Bring exhaustion very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just got some work to do the next couple of days, and I just got to get it done because it's time All right. Well, sensitive. I'll let you get to your coffee nap. Not coffee. Take that anymore. a little later, maybe. No um, enema. I will. Um, the exit only. We will do the uh, cation and plasma membrane potential at some point. I yeah. I just when you've done that your work. Was... That's because again, you know, how many billions of was it? If cations did they slam into people? Okay, so that was on Philip's slide. It was, I mean, we would know Dr. Buckholtz, sorry. It was, well, so we know there are 2 billion copies as a fragment containing the origin of replication from nanopore sequence analysis. And there's, so each shot has 200 billion pieces of plasma DNA encapsulated in the lipid nanoparticle. But didn't uh, McKernan put up the number of LNP. I, I want to say trillions. And then per lipid nanoparticle, you have the cation ionizable lipids that are already protonated and activated, and they are electrostatically bound to the phosphodiester backbone of the RNA. So I don't know how many are on there. I don't I know, know if it's dozens or hundreds inside and then once it gets into the cell there's ones that aren't even protonated or activated yet that are protonated once it reaches lower ph shit yeah yeah another uh <laughs> another fresh layer of shit to lay on the uh... 
the problems. All right. On top of the spike protein and the transfection. Mm, yes. All the, oh, everything. Everything. Whatever hobby horse you're riding, um, it's not good right now. All right. I'm going to let you go. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. I had fun. Thanks, everybody. Okay. Have a good one. Bye bye. Can't wait for the outro. Are you playing the outro? I enjoy it sometimes. That I will, guy from I Predator like gives me gives me um bit of bit it of puts pep. me in the mood. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it's it's good. I'll play it. <laughs> All right. Uh there you go, folks. Um I don't know, this uh it's not really my thing, the genomics of um the different races, etc. I mean, I just I know it's there and um, as a given, but I'm guessing as uh, we have to peel back the uh, sordid layers, we're going to have to understand more. And the, um, of course, it could be a target. Right, um, I'm going to play that outro. Take care. God bless everyone. I uh, will see you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these cappers. I will fucking kill each fucking capper. I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Fuck these cappers. No fucking... Vaccine or MRA or ever throws through my fucking blood, blood, never! No. I will fucking die! Fucking fighting for my fucking bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking lineage! Fuck these motherfuckers! All that fire, this guy. Matter! 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 Matter!